Well, hello there, everyone. It is Julia Lachey here with The Color of Money, and I am joined with my host, Emrick Peace and Daniel Dixon. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about your big why. So you might say, what is a big why? It's your reason, your purpose. Why do you wake up in the morning? Why do you get up? And how does that contribute to you building wealth? Uh, We have a phenomenal guest with us today. I'm going to go ahead and read her bio so that I can introduce y'all to her. Her name is Corinne Bowman. Corinne Bowman is originally from Newark, New Jersey, and a graduate of Virginia State University with a degree in economics and finance. Now, in 2021, Corinne made history as the first African-American, and I'm going to throw in their woman, to achieve the owner and operating principal role of Keller Williams Premier in the Carolinas region. And she's only the seventh nationally. Uh, Corinne serves on our social equity task force, and she is one of the national ambassadors. And let me tell y'all something. Uh, When Corinne puts her mind to something, Corinne puts her mind to something. We just had an amazing uh, social equity task force event in North Carolina uh, Stedman Graham was the keynote speaker. Corinne interviewed him as if she was Oprah herself. Okay, it was the bomb. And uh, Corinne not only does those types of things, but outside of real estate, um, she has a nonprofit. She founded the nonprofit Christ Saves Hearts Foundation, which focuses on heart health awareness and provides scholarships to minority students and families in need. Now, she advocates for building wealth through homeownership, and alongside her husband, Marcus, they have built a multi-million dollar real estate investment company. They are passionate about using their companies to share the real estate community, to shape, excuse me, to shape the real estate community by inspiring and empowering individuals and local businesses through wealth building initiatives. And guess what, Corinne? That's exactly what we do here on this podcast. And so thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited to have this conversation with you. Well, I'm excited to be here and we get to talk about something that I'm truly passionate about and something we don't talk about as often as we should. Yeah. And so the interesting thing about you is, uh, have y'all ever seen, I don't even know who to equate Corinne to, somebody that just does all the things. Uh, Very rarely do you find somebody who is talented in all the things. So like I mentioned, Corinne is an operating Principal. If you've listened to this episode enough times, you know that Emmerich is an operating principal and on the East Coast. Daniel is an operating principal in Colorado. Um, and that means that they are a franchise owner. They own a franchise. So first and foremost, Corinne, if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, maybe even share what your big why is. Oh, I love it. A little bit about myself. Even though I think you did an amazing job, right, with the bio, I think it sums it up. Um, you know, I'm a young girl from Newark, New Jersey, uh, from a place which we would call housing urban development, aka the projects. And so growing up, I didn't have a lot of financial resources. We didn't have a large network that was able to create the education and insight to the space where I'm at today. But it was it really started with the vision, right? creating a vision that allowed me to think bigger, to think more, and to see what type of opportunities are out there. And I'm so grateful for just the opportunities during this journey because it allowed me to create a network of individuals who are doing the things that I achieved to do, right? Somebody once said, your network is your net worth. 
right? Your network is your net worth. And I realized that I need to get into different arenas. And so through the journey uh, all the way from New Jersey to North Carolina, it's been an opportunity to meet so many amazing people just like you guys and to say, you know, what do you do? Can you tell me more? Ask questions and being able to bring myself to the table. A lot of times we ask, how do we get a seat to the table? Sometimes you have to either find that seat or even create your table of your own. Yeah, I think Emmerich, that's one of Emmerich's big sayings, too, is uh, let's create our own table. Let's create our own conversation, our own network to be able to lift and empower each other. So um, I think that's really powerful. Your story is, is is incredible. And I mean, coming from nothing, not having the network and growing up in the hood to running some stuff like I love that. I love that, Corinne. Now, when you think about when you think about your why, you like at what point did that really inspire you? At what point did that really, did it become clear on what you wanted to achieve and, and, and dialing into that why? When did that happen for you? When did that occur? To be quite honest, it started at an early age, right? So our why can be birthed very early, but what happens, it gets bigger, right? And so my, my first immediate why was to, how do I change the financial trajectory of my family? Right. How do we get outside of this box that we a lot of times see within our community and how we create these resources? And in that, that was the first. Right. I was like the one I want to be able to buy a house for my mom. And we wasn't homeowners. We didn't grow up in homeownership. So I have an opportunity where I can buy a house for my mother. Like, man, I've done it. I, I have risen. I arrived, but then became much bigger. And it was for me, I have a personal story where I started my journey. I moved to Virginia for school. Then I moved to North Carolina, married, young kids. So my why became my family, my immediate family. It was my kids. You know, I wanted to create a lifestyle for them where they didn't have to worry how the bills were going to get paid. They didn't have to worry how they were going to go to school and how their education was going to be funded. And so that was at that point, my why, but then it became real. So the reality is life happens. And for me, life happened. And actually in 2014, in my opinion, I felt I lost it all. I lost, unfortunately, my late husband at the age of 35 due to a sudden heart attack. And in that moment, I realized I had these two babies looking at me saying, what is next? And I did not know the answer. And a lot of times we've been in that position of, you know, how do we take care of our loved ones? How do we take care of our family? And I wanted to promise them that if it had anything to do with my well-being, that they were not going to skip a beat in the things that they desire in their lives. And so for my why, it was to create a legacy that was worth leaving behind, because essentially I realized that tomorrow is never promised. So if tomorrow is not promised, what could I do in the now? What could I do in the now that will impact the tomorrow, even if I'm not here? And so that's when you start talking about, well, how do you create financial boundaries to protect in the space that you are presently? And how do you create a path for growth and then also making sure your future 
is taken care of, not just five years from now, 10 years from now, but generations from now. What are the things that I can do to making sure that with my legacy is I'm transferring wealth through mindset, through resources and education, and there's actually a financial, tangible asset that is real that they can now take and turn it into something more. So, Corinne, you're you're talking about you've identified that your family is your big why. For other people, they might have you know a um, a different why, or maybe they don't even have a family, and so they're trying to identify what their big why might be. What is the purpose of them, you know, actually getting up and taking action? Do you think that there are any cultural or societal factors that can impact somebody's ability to figure that out, to figure out and determine what their big why might be? Oh, yes. Um, One, everybody's why is going to be different. And the first part of that is going to be the self-reflection and figuring out the things that they're most passionate about and also being able to get in a space where they can think bigger, right? Um, Think outside of what they can see right now. And when you talk about the things that we actually uh, can face due to challenges we may see, just from our environment, things of that nature, that is a real thing. One of the things I look at is society has created labels. And I know I have personally had to deal with adversity within that. Like, how do I overcome these labels that society says that are these norms that society says that is how I'm supposed to fit in this box? And the reality is that nobody can define who I am, who I will be, and what I'm becoming, except for me. And so when you look at that, we have to redefine these cultural expectations, and we decide to be the changing force. Another thing that you have to look at is the economic stability that's around us. What are the things that we can do to create a situation where we are we are stabilized financially. And so what are we doing to better serve ourselves, our families and our communities to understand the path of money, to understand how to create wealth, to understand how to protect those investments. And that's that's also needs to be broken down in the education system. And education first starts at home and also in our school systems. So as a parent, I do feel that is my fiduciary responsibility to make sure that I continue to educate my my kids, even in the now. You know, I remember the first time I I did this. Uh, my kids are now fourteen and sixteen, and I did a wealth building class for the community. And this is what I love about what we do as realtors is that we have access to real estate was the catalyst of building wealth. And so it became important to me to be a better teacher so I can master that better. So I would then go teach the community. So then when I teach the community, I said, OK, I'm teaching them about, you know, how money works and how real estate works. I got to make sure my kids are in space. So it, it was one October and they were 10 and 12. And I said, listen, I want you guys to sit in the room and I want you guys to take notes. When we leave out of there, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I want to ask you to go ahead and write a paper. It's a two-page paper typed and then do a PowerPoint collectively together. So they individually had to do a paper and then a PowerPoint. 
in that moment, in that space, it was an option though for them. You can choose not to do this paper and it's fine. If you do it though, I'll give you an amazing Christmas and you'll, you'll get benefits. You will benefit from the work that you put into this piece. With that being stated, they went ahead. I remember it was almost Christmas. They said, man, mommy, are you serious? Are you really going to make me write this paper? Yes. Write this paper. And even if you don't, it's okay. Just no gifts. But they did it. And the most powerful thing was when I saw them, I still carry this essay with me everywhere I go. They now understand how money works, how to use real estate as an investment, how to make sure that if I pass here, they understand how to roll that over, how to create a business out of that. So there's so many amazing things that you can do with that piece. Well, like you mentioned, you you do this for more than just your your big why is your children and your family. But there's got to be a little bit more to what you feel your purpose is because you do a lot of work in the community. So you founded the nonprofit Christ Saves Heart Foundation. You are a first lady, right? And you even yeah. anywhere y'all go with Corinne, she can't even hide it. She just out of nowhere, she'll just do some first lady type stuff because your husband is a pastor, right? <laughs> so, so you do a lot for the church, right? And you do a lot in the community and you've partnered with the Boys and Girls Club, Junior Achievement, American Heart Association, KW Cares, KW Kids Can, Woman Boss Foundation. So you're not just doing this in your own household. Why do you do all of these things outside of your household too? Is that like, is a purpose different than your big why? Yes, 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 and yes. So the big why is the thing that seeds your purpose in life. Um, I'm a believer, so I believe that vision is given to us through him. And when vision is seeded, it becomes bigger than you. So when it's bigger than you, you realize that you're now given into the kingdom. And so for me, real estate has been a ministry. And I'm passionate about that because I realize that it's not just about me. And the more that I bless others, the more I can share with others, the more that I can help others, I'm helping myself in return. So I believe when I go ahead and pour into somebody else's glass, somebody else is pouring into me. And it becomes tenfold. And the benefit is even greater at that point because it gets deeper. It's bigger than us. And I think as real estate agents, we have the power and we have the opportunity to make sure that this is something that we are doing to change the communities in which we live and serve each and every day. You know, and, and that's, that's interesting. So Corinne, I just found out something. You went to Virginia State. I'm originally from Petersburg, and it's not many people that can say that. So I didn't realize we had that commonality. I did not uh, know that. Petersburg. Ah, see, now you know. Now you know. Um, now so you know. Uh, this question, like when we, you, you're talking about purpose, uh, and your big why. You, your family is one. That's that's like really specific. And now, as your kids get older, is there something specific that you said? This is what I want to be my hallmark signature of my why. I get the community, but what part of the community is there? Something like it's like I want to pinpoint this right here. I want this is my big why. If this happens. Nothing else matter. You know, the biggest thing we were talking about it earlier about labels. I think the biggest thing is insight. So the world tends to define who we are versus us defining who we are. 
And for me, if I can share with somebody to say that you can be whoever you want to be, you can have whatever you want to have, that part right there means everything. And so I, I live in these messages, right, to inspire and to empower. How do I inspire hope in one in others? How do I empower others to be the best that they want to be? And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing, no matter what arena, no matter what area of my life I'm touching, we, I believe we should be able to inspire and empower others. And when it comes to the legacy, it's just, again, if I leave here tomorrow, what the world told me what I couldn't do, I was able to do. Because well, I would break that down to smaller else. pieces because you are you're, you are talking big picture and legacy and purpose and overall. Right. But like on a daily basis, how do you think somebody could align their actual actions and goals with their big why and with their purpose, specifically to create more money or overcome challenges? Right. Yeah. One, I think it's vision, a plan, and execution. Vision plan and execution. So the vision is going to be key. You know, the good the good book says write the vision and make a plan. So when you do have that vision, is that vision written down? And then from there, have you created a strategy plan? I'm a huge believer with the GPS. Um the What's GPS, that? Yeah, talk to me about it, how to create a, a strategy and a plan. What's the GPS, Corinne? So if you guys don't know what a GPS is, probably one of the best tools that we have here within our KW ecosystem. But it's basically goals, priorities, and strategies. You know, how many times are we looking to drive somewhere and we will constantly go to our cell phones and put in our navigation, put in a GPS to tell us exactly where we're going? And so that's the roadmap. That is the roadmap to success of where you want to be. And so that is going to be key. And you you are able to really get deep with your GPS through your education, your resources and your network, because there are people who's already done it before you. So if you're in a position, find those who've done it and figure out what are some of the steps they took to get there. And then you create your own roadmap. And then that roadmap becomes your strategic plan. Right. You have your one big goal. And I always say you can only start with three major priorities and then break it down to five strategies that's going to allow you to, one, have those strategies meet that major priority. And once you meet those priorities, it will typically help with your actual big goal. And this is so crucial. I remember sitting down. Now, we talked a little bit how just life happens, right? When I lost it all, I had to restart and literally... I restarted. It's probably about the last five, six years now. And I remember I got remarried. I married my lender. Thank God for real estate. Wait, back up, back up. Stop. You yeah. said, no, that's the story all in itself. You said you married your lender. I married my <laughs> lender. We always thank God for real estate. And once we got married, I remember we actually went to your area, Emmerich, and went to Maryland. And mm-hmm. we were in Maryland and we went to the MGM hotel. And we literally stayed there for about three days. But the first day we stayed in the room and we did our GPS. I introduced the GPS to him and we really broke it down. But I get deeper. It's not just the GPS for that first 12 months, but then it's the career vision. Where do we see ourselves in three years? Where do we see ourselves in five years? And I wrote these goals down and there was a plan of action for that. And greatly 
and so appreciative that each of the goals that we had on there for five years, we were able to achieve within three. One thing it tells me, maybe my goals wasn't big enough. But when I shared it with somebody, somebody said it'll never happen. So one, on one hand, it may not be big enough because I was able to achieve it. And on the other hand, somebody told me it wasn't possible. And a lot of times we give the power of our future, of our dreams and goals to somebody else versus owning it. And so that's when we have to literally own the destination and the journey that we're going to be on. Well, it's so interesting because you're so clear on where you're going. And, and I, I, I notice a lot with, with my agents here locally and, and the brokerage and on my team that are younger, they don't have that big vision. They don't, they can't see that clear. So what, what advice would you give to some of the younger people that can't, they can't think five years out, they can't see what they want to achieve? How do they find their why? One is self-realization. You know, I really believe that sometimes we just have to get real of ourselves in the space of who are we and what we want to be. What does that look like? And that's that's the first step, right? That self-realization. And then from there, sometimes, and again, I'm a believer, I believe in getting still with him and asking for clarity. So a lot of times I find myself in spaces where I am asking, seeking clarity on what that looks like. And I'm writing down things that come to you. How many of us, we could be daydreaming or something come to us at night and it's that aha moment or that aha experience. A lot of times there's a reason for that. And so I'm very intentional and purposeful to start writing down these nuggets. Oh man, that came to me. What, what, oh, that's a great idea. Let me write that down. And then later I go back to it and then there's another idea. And then, I'm, then I realize it's not just an idea. It's actually a creation of a journey that God has taken me on. And so being able to, to really self-reflect and also understand the things that are important to you. What are your passions? What are, what are the things that you like to self-identify with? What are the things that make you happy? What are the feel good? You know, and and it's okay though too that your your why is for that moment. I do think the why needs to be big. It needs to be so big that it burns inside of you, and to the point where you can even cry because you're so hungry for it. However, I'm also understanding that that why it doesn't always become that clear at first, and so you can have a smaller why to as you are traveling that journey that you're supposed to be on and in due time, it'll get big. You know, you, you used a word passion that I was going to touch on. You said that passion, what role do you think passion plays in the process of building wealth? And um, how does that help people overcome challenges they might face? Great question. I think the passion is your driver, right? So I was passionate when it came from my, my wealth building journey that I'll never be in a situation that I'm, I'm at home and the bill collectors are calling you're ducking and hiding, right? I'll never be in that situation where it's life happens that I don't even know how I'm going to pay the mortgage on the house. And so that passion came from a commitment and a promise to myself and to the ones who depend on me most. And because of that, 
that drives the success. That makes me want more. And as you start to get more, you become hungry for more, right? And I'm the only one that's just like, oh man, I've met this goal. I've achieved this goal. Oh shoot, I could do more. I remember when we had our net, you know, we crossed our net worth the first time for a million dollars. And I would have never thought that that would have happened if you were talking to the 20 year old version of me, that we have a network for a million. And then we said, all right, let's do 5 million. You know, now the big goal number is a hundred million. And I remember we, my husband and I were talking and he said, you know, we got to track our goals and we started tracking our network. Like that was a part of the journey too, right? Like tracking your network, knowing your numbers, um, understanding your financial thermostat at, at its fullest. And I remember he said a hundred million. I'm like, dude, a hundred million. We do like, how do we get there? And I didn't see it. I didn't understand it. And now I'm like, man, I, I talked to him. I'm mad if I just gave him a fist bump, hundred million. That's all I got to say, because we believe that we can do it. And we know that as we're growing financially, someone else has grown with us. Because you've got staff and you've got people that work for you and you've got other people that you're helping bringing along on that journey, right? Right. And and then it becomes not just about us because a hundred million is really not about Corinne. That hundred million is about the communities that we're going to serve. That Mm -hmm. hundred million is about the families that we're going to bless in that process, the job opportunities that we're going to create. And so that hundred million is changing lives. And we talk about the color of money. It's also good when we notice when it's changing lives of people in our own community who never thought that that was possible. Well, to that point, and back to Daniel's point too, Daniel said a lot of the younger agents in his office don't really have a big vision. They can't see five years. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They had a hard time even figuring out what they were going to put on this morning, right? And I think a lot of people have that because there are a lot of people in our community that I'm not thinking $100 million, I'm not thinking $5 million. I'm just trying to survive. There's people that are just literally in survival mode of how do I get through tomorrow to get to this five million you're talking about, a hundred million you're talking about. How do you go from surviving to using your purpose or passion or big why or whatever you want to call it to thinking about making a hundred million dollars? Let's be real, right? Let's call it spade to spade. It's mindset. Usually those who cannot determine their big why cannot see the vision, they can't go big is because their mindset is small. And it's okay. Listen, I'm, I, and I'm not talking bad about those people because that was me. I didn't always have the biggest, you know, mindset to feel that I can be and not do and achieve the things I wanted. Because we've been so conditioned that we can't have those things. And so the first thing before you can even get to that space, it may be redefining who you are, but first getting, getting the education. Going into the, get into the books, determine who's your circle, right? If I'm in a circle and all of us, we don't know what we're going, what we're doing, guess what? That may just be that because we chose to do the same thing over and over again. The definition, definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results, right? What I realized in my journey was I'm going to have to change, And that was a decision and it wasn't an easy decision 
my network began began to change. I still love some of my folks that was, you know, that was there with me, but some of them didn't stay among, amongst the journey. They didn't. You know, and that's one of the things that I, I say a lot <clears throat> is that sometimes you just have to figure out in your journey who you're going to have to bless and release. And it's not that you don't love them. You just have to release them to a different area of your life. You just have to release them to a different place. Because in order for you to get to the next level, the same people that got you to this level are not going to be the people to get you to the next level. Because if they were, you'd be at the next level. Exactly. And and it's okay to still love them. Yes. And you may have to love them from a little bit of a, a distance. Absolutely. right? You know, I always say we are like ATM machines, right? Our mind, body, and souls. And so as we're like ATM machines, what I'm saying is that there's there's a give and take. There's withdrawals and there's deposits. And so if I'm around people and the only thing they're doing is take, 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 when they're not withdrawing into the better good of me and how I can raise myself and my community and those things, guess what? This is not a good banking relationship in my mind, body, and soul because they're constantly taking and so there's a combination. I have to be able to give, but I also have to be able to receive. And so that we got to be able to pour into each other. And I'm very clear and very intentional about my space and my network. And that's allowed me to grow because I realized when I had folks that was in my network that did not understand, maybe did not appreciate. Unfortunately, sometimes it would drag me down. So when I'm like, hey, let's go to this wealth building event. They're like, hey, no, let's go to this party and get drunk. Right. We're on two different we're on two different playing fields. And so, again, going back to the question, because I don't want to go off too much of a tangent. We do have to create self-realization to say, OK, what am I doing in this space to elevate me? You cannot necessarily see the big picture if you don't even know what the possibilities are. And you're not going to know what the possibilities are if you don't know what's out there. Right. And it's important. We did a KW Social Equity Summit and it was such a unique space. And thank you so much, Julia, for coming. Thank but you for inviting me. That was amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. But the premise of that event was to create a space that was intentional and it was purposefully divined. That no matter who you were, you would come into that room and you felt like you were a part of it. And a lot of times we talk about social equity, we talk about DEI, it tends to be just black and brown. And the reality is we need to move away from that in the sense of inviting others in because we can actually learn from each other and it will create an exponential growth that we don't actually tend to see. And every single panel was diverse on people, thoughts, perspective, ideas, and roles. And the reason was when we're talking about the wealth building event, we had a wealth building panel and I didn't just have the person who had a portfolio and they have 250 doors or this person who have millions and millions and millions. I also put a person out there that literally had just started their wealth building journey and they only bought three properties. So they can start seeing the scalability and the steps getting there. A lot of times we see people at high position and we we think it's too far reach that we don't believe that it's attainable. 
You said self-realization, and you've, you've kind of been mentioning that it all kind of starts with mindset and self-realization. I want to plug Stedman's book, Identity Leadership, uh, because that book talks about recognizing who you are, right? And I think you do have to start with what is your identity, not what you've been told, not what you've been, the lies that you've been told about yourself or who you think, who are you really and what is your identity? And and, and I think that's part of your self-realization conversation and I would even break it down further to call it just about self-love. You know, you got to start there because people who don't um, think much of themselves or care much about themselves could care less about this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't see it. It's not It's not even a, a conversation. But uh, Identity Leadership is the name of Stedman Graham's book. And he spoke about that at your conference um, about how to first figure out who you are, right? And identify what your role is. And everybody's a leader, just to be clear. Even if you're the leader in your home of little people, you are the leader. Even if you're the leader of yourself, you are the leader. But I think I think you've made some really great points. Uh, Imrek, Daniel, any other questions? Any final questions we have for Corinne? Here's my question, right? And this to you guys. How do we change the financial thermostat for our agents who look like us so they can get their fair share? Because I think there's, there's enough out there, right? There, there's enough out there, but how do we help Others, the agents that's in our market center, those who's on our team, or just anybody that's that's listening, how do we actually help them get their fair share? All right, I'm going to give you one. Uh, Go ahead. Mine's controversial, so I'll wait till you give the good one, then I'll give the other side of it. (laughs) We, I believe that number one, that's something that people have to want to do. They have to want to change their financial thermostat. That's the first part. The second part is that. We keep having events and keep inviting people to events that expose them to people who are beyond where they want to be. And they will realize that and start beginning to understand the possibilities. What they see is what they'll be. That whole idea of what you just got in your email, the billion dollar blackout, we never talk about, to be quite frank, we never talk about black people and billions of dollars. We only talk about black people and millions of dollars. And that whole idea like of that that billion dollar blackout is to expand people's thought process beyond where they are. And when you look at that, we have 25 panelists that are responsible for over $25 billion in business. We never t- we don't have that conversation in our community. So we have to start having events and start talking about different ways that different people are doing things to expand the thought process of what's possible. Well, and I'm going to just jump in before you give your answer, Daniel, uh, to piggyback on that. I tell this story every time I speak about representation all over the country, about um, Emmerich and Bo creating those environments. The first, and I say Emmerich and Bo because the first time that I ever saw uh, Black excellence on that level or Black wealth on that level was at an event that Emmerich had put together um, at our Keller Williams family reunion. It was separate from the company's event and Emmerich put together uh, a panel of just like you did, Corinne, and um, and I had never seen black people talk about millions of dollars in that way. I had never seen Emmerich was up talking about he had the number one uh, real estate brokerage on the East Coast, and there was six hundred black real estate agents, and I I'd never heard of anything like this, never saw it ever. And so for me, that just seeing those two men was like, wow, this is there's actually I can begin to 
to think a lot bigger. And and um, to that point of representation and events and things, you also had Keith James at your event that you just had. So I want to give a shout out to Keith James because today it was posted that he is the number one of the top 1% of Black real estate agents. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. Seeing people like that, you had him on your panel. Being able to see us in that space is something that is unique. So I think the way to answer your question, even though I jumped in and I, I, I answered before Daniel, to, uh, is exactly what we're doing right now, right? Having these conversations, um, exposing people to the conversations, um, you exposing me to the fact that you, you and your husband are doing a hundred million. That's bigger than I was thinking, right? So just the conversations, the events, the education that happens at these events, uh, the Keith James of the world, the Emmerich Pieces of the world, the Bowman Keatis, the Corinne Bowmans, um, just hearing the about Daniel Dixon. The Daniel, Daniel already knows. I was, I was not calling Daniel for a reason. <laughs> Because Daniel's about to tell us what Daniel thinks. What's Daniel's answer but, to this question? But see, but really quick, what you said. Now, that thing that you said about Keith and that number one, that came from what that also came from one of our events. That's right. At yeah. BRN, because Ben Slayton came to one of our events. So, Corinne, it's all about the connectivity of having these great events and all these different people coming together and being able to share. And the power is in our relationships because relationships will take you places money can't. Right. All right, Daniel, I want to hear your controversial answer. So we're we're in a space, we're in an industry where the, the vast majority of agents fail in our industry. And we're an industry that is transient. People get in and out of the business. Not a lot of people have a ridiculous amount of success. So I really think that it is these conversations and it really comes down to really doing more and wanting more out of your life, wanting more out of this business. It, we can teach all the classes we want, do all the events that we want, but if we're not going to show up and we're not going to have the determination that I want to become more, then none of this stuff is even going to work. And so I, I'm a little pessimistic in the sense of, of of teaching and training and doing these things because I think that the 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 drive for not just our community, but just real estate agents and people in the real estate space, there's a lot of and there's a lot of people content with being okay and not truly focusing on building wealth and changing the trajectory of their life and their legacy. So I think it really is that mindset piece you were talking about, Corinne. And it's, the, it's that it's that I want more. I want to achieve more. I want to have a bigger vision. Um, I'm going to put myself outside of my box that I currently live in, the people I surround myself with. And I'm going to learn about what is out, what else is out there. And then I'm going to go chase that new bigger vision of what I want to achieve and what I want for my family. Mm. I love that. That's not controversial. Can I say something? I thought, you know what? You know, Daniel gets controversial. So I thought Daniel was about, I was like, okay, let's see what they're going to say. I don't want to uplift. And and I just, I I, I, I struggle a lot with agents in this industry because um, everybody wants, you know, what is the number one, what is the the amount everybody wants to make when you interview them when they get their real estate license? $100,000. But like, what are we willing to sacrifice (laughs) and what are we willing to do to be able to achieve that thing? I mean, I was going all over the country when I was a new agent, following Ben Kinney and following Brian Gubernick and following Tim Heil um, and some of these big name people that were running massive businesses. I didn't know I wanted to run a massive business until I start seeing these guys doing their hundred Xing the numbers that I'm doing. I'm like, oh, boy, there's a whole nother world out there. How do I achieve that? But you got to be willing to go put yourself out there and put yourself in rooms that you um, weren't necessarily even invited into to go learn and go, go grow. I love that. All right. I'm going to ask you one last question then. Uh, for all of our listeners, what is the one thing that you would suggest people do 
to learn to identify their big why to help them accelerate wealth creation. You said one thing. You know, can I give you one sentence? Okay. <laughs> get real, get right, and go get it. Understand that the world is yours and stop limiting yourself through beliefs and through what the world has said. This is your opportunity, it's your season, it's your journey. And you just got to literally hone into it. And it can be as big as you want it. It's our belief system. I love that. Well, Corinne, I tell you what, it's been a joy uh, to have you. It's a joy to know you. It's a joy to be able to call you my friend. I thank you for getting on this podcast with us. We thank you. And uh, signing off until next time, y'all. Check us out on the next episode of The Color of Money. Absolutely. Follow The Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience. 